Hey guys, so in the first book talk, the one where we spoke about the one and only Ivan, the question of that day was, what's your favourite animal and why? And I thought I'd jump on here and just share with you my answer to the question. So my favourite animal is the butterfly. And the reason why is because it just, it symbolises change and I'm a huge, like, What's the word? A he- Oh. I've literally gone blank. What's the word? I really am into change. Like, I really believe in change as a good thing that we should be constantly striving to. Like, when people say, oh, you've changed. I don't see that as a negative thing. I'm quite proud. I'm actually upset if I haven't changed. Like, each day I should be moving towards a better version of who I was. So that's why the butterfly is my favourite. Just the whole idea of going from an egg to caterpillar into the cocoon, out of the cocoon. Like, it just is such a good way to think of life. Like, you make a mistake yesterday, just think about Tomorrow I'm going to be a butterfly. (laughs) Why am I like this? I don't know. Forgive me. Hi guys, Shambi here. Hope we are happy and well. Well and happy. Okay, so today I'll be giving my opinion on a miracle pig. A pig who is a miracle. Or so they say, you know. I have my opinions on that, but I won't go there. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Note to listeners, this episode does contain spoilers. So if you're not into that, make sure to read the book before you listen. And if you're like me and they are into that, keep listening and then make sure you go read the book. The classic tale of a terrific pig. Charlotte's Web, written by E.B. White, the author of Stuart Little, which I never knew that. I mean, I generally don't pay attention to who's written the book. Well, I never used to. Um, I do so a lot more now. Um, so I never knew the guy who wrote this book also wrote Stuart Little. But then when I think about it, why would I know that? Because I didn't even know who wrote this book at the time when I was a child. Anyway, believe it or not, I never read this book when I was younger. Obviously, I heard about it, I knew about it, but I hadn't actually read the book before myself or even remember it being read to me, which is really weird because I read everything and used to read everything. Anyway, One thing I will say is that there is a reason why I always suggest reading the book before the movie, if there is a movie adaption. One, the book is always better. Need I say more? But don't get me wrong, I'm not a book snob. I watch the book shows and the book movies too. So like, I'm not like one of those people who like, oh, I'm not going to watch that because the book is better no 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 I'm gonna watch all the shows I'm gonna watch all the movies but 
when I finish watching all the shows and all the movies, it reconfirms to me that I'm almost always right. The books are almost always better. And it's so funny, no matter how they butcher the source material, this is not me calling out live action of Alice in Wonderland. I just, I love Alice in Wonderland, but live action, it didn't do it for me. Sorry. When I do watch a movie before reading the book, I find that the movie images are imprinted in my mind and I don't like that because I missed the opportunity to envision the characters for myself instead of what the actor looks like or how the illustrations were drawn. Like I have an, an, my imagination, it fills in the gaps about the setting, the people and all the little bits and pieces that the author leaves out. And that's one of my favourite parts about reading a story. Imagine it as I choose within the parameters set by the storyteller. Like, don't show me someone else's version. Show me what I think. (laughs) He was heavily armed, an air rifle in one hand, a wooden dagger in the other. Okay, so the setting. It's set on a farm. (laughs) You know, I just realised I read a lot of children's books about animals. Is that saying something about me or about the children book industry? Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, set on a farm. American, way back when. I say way back when because some of the gender stereotypes and like what kids were allowed to play with and the language used such as queer which with its negative connotation would be foreign in children's books of today it's funny how with some words they are like have to be rethinked depending on the time period you're in funny but sad at the same time like We are very conscious about what we say and do these days and not always for the right reasons. It's more in a fear of being cancelled or looked at as discriminatory or stereotyping and things like that. And I do think we should just be wanting to be nice people and have our intentions speak for themselves through our actions. I don't know. That's just me going off on a random tangent. It's just, I have noticed that a bit. Anyway, what I will say is that Fanny's horror at the fact that her dad was going to kill the pig was both in line with many children's attitudes today, in my opinion, as well as funny in that she lives on this farm. I'm very sure this is not the first animal her dad had decided to make for breakfast. It just left me with a question. Where did the bacon that mum was cooking for breakfast come from? (laughs) Juxtaposition. This was nestled nicely within the story and wasn't blatantly said, but I picked it up and it played on my mind. So I thought that was a great way to write that on the part of the author. 
this brings me to what I myself am working on in my writing. I'm practicing reducing the amount of unanswered questions readers have at the end as well, as questions sometimes take them out of the story altogether. Now, if a reader is anything like me, they'll always be taken out of the story because I always get so distracted that I come out of the story like, let me tell you, I, I want to know information and details that has nothing to do with the plot, the storyline, like, I, I, I'm, I'm weird. Like, I don't know if any of you guys watch, like, EastEnders or Soap or something like that, and, like, there's a house that's been in the show for ages, and the house has always had, like, two bedrooms, and then all of a sudden, a family of ten moves into that house, and I literally, I'm sitting there, racking my brain, trying to figure out where are all these people sleeping? That's what I spend the majority of the episode doing trying to figure out where all these people are sleeping so yeah I take myself out of the story quite often (laughs) but I'm working on not doing that with my readers when I'm writing (laughs) I literally read multiple books watch 10,000 tv series because I like to chop and change I ain't about commitment like that now if a book keeps me loyal all the way to the end that is a good book next level okay seen as we're speaking of fanny she is tasked with taking care of the main character childlike and dramatic wilbur yes I say Wilbur is very dramatic, extremely so. And again, I can't get Dakota Fanning out of my head. Darn them book adaptions, man. (laughs) I have to admit, I forgot the name of the pig after reading the book, not a week later. This is not a good sign considering he's the protagonist. (laughs) But the character I'm actually going to be talking about is Charlotte, the narrator, or whom I believe to be the narrator, based from the movie. Again, do you see why watching movies before the book does all these messed up things to you? It messes with your center. Delicious. Of course, I don't really eat them. I drink them, drink their blood. I love blood. (laughs) Charlotte is a spider who watches over. She's smart, she's athletic, and she really prompted a character design of a female vampire in my head who protects a pudgy human from her blood-sucking family horde. Yes, like I said, my mind flies everywhere when I'm reading. (laughs) I actually am of the opinion that Wilbur was her supporting character. He supported her story and then lived to tell the tale to her children. Just my opinion. I see this a lot in shows where the main character is, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, nothing without their supporting cast. Uh, I'm going to use an example of Brianna from one-on-one when she went off to college without, like, her bestie. The story was flat, 
and Arnes didn't really bring nothing to the table. Just, again, just my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. Um, If we move on to, like, what I found really harsh from the father is that Fanny was told to take care of Wilbur, okay? Right? So, basically, the dad was going to, like, you know, slaughter the animal because he's a farmer and that's what he does. And Fanny was you know, tell him, no, 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 don't do that just because he's the one to litter and all this stuff. So the dad was like, okay, you keep him, you look after him, you do all this stuff to him. So Fanny then does that. She takes care of the pig, right? You know, it's her responsibility and all that stuff. And she she does what she was being told and she does it well. She excels at it. But now the dad turns around and says, He's big now. Time to sell. What? What? How fair is that? Like, you made me raise him for what? Yeah, like, that got to me. I was like, no. That's a bit, that's a bit harsh. Right, well, after that, we then move from one farm to another. And, like, that's just another thing I'm going to touch on. There was nothing exciting about that. It did not move the story along, in my opinion. We could have just stayed at the original farm, especially as Fanny became much of an observer throughout the rest of the story, which, reading it, I had not initially expected. It's not something you would initially expect. You'd expect Fanny to have been, like, the main character, but it was basically based around the animals. So we kind of could have just stayed at the farm where she lived or had always started at the uncle's farm. I'd like the whole point of moving from one farm to another it kind of just like again it took me out of the story it made me sit there and question well why are we moving to a whole other farm <clears throat> anyway never mind me maybe the dad thought it would be a lot easier on her if he made the uncle slaughter the the pig instead of him so then he didn't have to look into his, his eyes i can i can i can see fathers doing that so actually maybe that's the reason why anyway we then have a side character, well, a side character who plays a big part in the end of it, let's slip that Christmas is coming and basically pork is on the menu. What is funny about the delivery of the plot twist is that it's delivered by a goose. <laughs> I don't know, I found it funny, I don't know if anyone else is going to find it funny. Like, goose is also often a Christmas dish. Why is it just little piggy that ought to be scared? Like, I just, I don't know. I just found that real, real hilarious. Like, he was basically, like, telling Wilbur, you know, you know, you're on the menu for Christmas. And I'm sitting there like, how do you know you're not side dish? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I found that, like, a little bit funny that he was, like, boasting about that. Anyway, from this point on, I start to pay more attention to the timeline and the seasonal changes the author describes. It kind of like, it upped the stakes and made me pay attention. So that was like a good use of that. Because like, I was getting nervous for Wilbur, I didn't want him to get eaten. (laughs) One thing that irked me though is that everyone was on and on about this fantastic pig. But 
can we just pause for a moment? Has no one not noticed the miracle which was the web itself? A spider wrote these words. Um, hello guys. Where's Charlotte's recognition? <laughs> I don't know. That's it kinda got me. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna Jim Screechy over to like side plots right now, yeah. Because a great subplot and like just a great character overall like mrs arabelle or arabella arabelle arable i I don't actually know how to pronounce i say arabelle basically oh look i'm getting um a calendar reminder mrs i'm gonna say mrs arabelle because that's how i've been pronouncing it in my head mrs arabelle like she is (laughs) like she is too funny she had me like in stitches um a great little side plot was like she was so concerned for her daughter like fanny see i've even got dakota like the name dakota stuck in my head guys don't watch the movies before you read the books so fanny basically been spending a lot of time at the uncle's farm so she can spend time with wilbur and like she's just been sitting in the barn and like coming back and telling mum oh, this is what happened with animals. So anyway, Mrs. Arabelle is concerned for her daughter, right? So concerned that she even goes and speaks to the doctor, which is just hilarious. Like, check out chapter 14, Dr. Dorian, please. Like, you just have to, okay? Listen to this. (laughs) Oh, Avery is always fine. Of course. He gets into poison ivy and gets stung by wasps and bees and brings frogs and snakes home and breaks everything he lays his hands on. He's fine. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love how according to Mrs. Arabelle, her son's fine, but her daughter, who is minding her own business in the barn, is not. (laughs) I'm sorry. Lol. Parents never truly know what they want for their kids, do they? At least in the case of Mrs. Arabelle. <laughs> Wait till she turns a teenager and let's see how concerned you're going to be about her chilling in a barn with a bunch of animals. A reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who does not read lives only one, said Jojen Reed. Okay, so basically, all in all, this was a pleasant story. Like, I actually can't believe I hadn't read this classic before, like I said before. But I have to be honest, and I will admit, I appreciated the art of the writing more than it engrossed me into the story. The character of Wilbur was... Ah. Hmm... I had expectations from the movie which weren't met and kind of skewed my imaginative process but that's on me that's got nothing to do with like the writing or the book or anything like the book is cool um like I said if a book has been adapted I I definitely do recommend everyone read the book first so that you don't run across that same problem I do um but yeah. Hmm. 
Okay guys, so question of the day is What has been the best book adaption you've ever seen? This could be TV or film. If you enjoyed or found this episode was helpful, I would be grateful if you could leave a review. Call in if you're using Anchor and or those of you on Spotify answer the question of the day. And if you're not on using Spotify, you can answer the question over in the comments of my Instagram page at shambi.sd. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Speak to you next week.